Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory, Glory to you, Lord Christ. Our reading today is from John 16:12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glory me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Here we are on this wonderful feast day of Trinity Sunday. You know, and that's one of the marvelous things that we celebrate Uh, within our church in its liturgical year is that certainly during the year we have major feast days. Those are days like uh, Christmas or Christmas Eve or Easter Sunday where we celebrate and feast the great works of grace and love of our God done on the face of this earth in us and for us. And we celebrate it. But then we also have these lesser feast days And sometimes on these lesser feast days, people will say, why in God's name are we celebrating Trinity Sunday? Do you hear what I'm saying? 
Once a year we celebrate it. But why in God's name do we lift this up? This challenge of what it is for us as Christians to worship a, quote, triune God, a God that makes God's self known to us human beings in a triune form or in trinity form. Well, you know, my contention is that the church fought over this issue for 1,500 years. Can you believe that? They fought over this issue about what is the philosophical argument for Christ in his essential substance of both divine or human And what is that essential substance and how is it mixed together? And literally, the church fought over it. The church broke ranks over it. During the time of the early Middle Ages, people were tortured and executed over this issue of somehow the philosophical substance of Christ and therefore forming the Trinity. And in fact... What I suggest is that for that 1,500 years and most of the last 500, we as the church have got it wrong. The reason we celebrate Trinity Sunday, our feast day during the year, has nothing to do with the essential substance of Christ or the battles we have fought over the years concerning it. The essential message has nothing to do truly with God. The essential message of Trinity Sunday has to do with human beings because, in fact, what Trinity Sunday says is that we're not here to argue about the essential substance of Christ. Instead, we are here to receive the relationship that we have with a dynamic and swirling and whirling God who makes God's self known to us by creator by Son, Jesus Christ, and by Holy Spirit. For one purpose, we celebrate this most marvelous feast day, and that is our relationship with God. First and foremost, that's what it's about. That's what we're here to celebrate that God and God's dynamic, whirling, swirling changes form will be with us and among us, active in us and among us, all the days of our lives. Isn't that wonderful? And yet, so often, we have challenges, don't we? Um, how many of you have seen the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem? Actually toured in the Holy Land? Just a few. In the Church of the Nativity, a site where supposedly houses the cave where Jesus was born, we've acknowledged his existence as a special place for 17 Hundred years. The first layer of church was built over it in 330. That layer was destroyed in 539 when the Samaritans rebelled. Later in the 700s, it was going to be destroyed again by the Persians. 
But at that time, the Persians did not destroy the basilica because they had a huge mosaic around the birth of Christ. And on the mosaic, the three wise men were done in a way that looked like ancient Persians. And so it was spared. Now for the last several hundred years, get this, three denominations have taken the responsibility for the care of Church of Nativity. And I can assure you that these three denominations are not getting along and care is not going along very well. Can I get an amen? The rafters were put in in the 1500s. They're rotting away. The whole church itself is in disarray. And for these last several hundred years, there was an edict came down from the Pope that carefully managed what he named as the status quo for the Church of the Nativity. And the daily responsibilities of these monks for what part of the church they care for is carefully written down in this document called Status Quo. The amazing thing, several years ago, and you may have missed it, a riot broke out among the monks at the Church of the Nativity. Now, these people, they don't have the, you know, you're not supposed to throw a stone at someone else, right? Unless you yourself are without sin. They not only throw stones, apparently they collect them just for these fights because they break out every so often. And literally, the fight broke out because the Greek Orthodox Church was given the responsibility to dust certain chandeliers. But when they put their ladder up, they must be very careful not to place it in the Armenian Orthodox Church's area, which they did by accident. And this broke this fight out, which landed several monks in the local hospital. I'm not asking for an amen to that. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? And we look at this and we find it so unusual, don't we? We say, how can these three denominations, given that they are the guardians of the actual birthplace of the Prince of Peace, the invasion of God's love upon this earth, and they're fighting over who cleans the chandeliers. Is that human or not? Amen. We are called to wake up. We are called to understand that we live in the midst every day of an incredible miracle of time and space that is profoundly unique in this universe. We worship a triune God, not because we need to understand the nature of God, but because we need to understand our nature in relationship with that swirling and whirling God who will not be domesticated, will not be domesticated, but instead interacts with you and me in this bridge of evolution and transformation. So if we are going to understand this feast day, then the first thing we understand is that we worship a swirling, dynamic God 
who we first of all know as Creator. And this is challenging for us. God knows we love the great painters, we love the great artists of the Renaissance. But I do not experience God as an old, white-haired man reaching a finger down to Adam. What I imagine and experience is this whirling voice, the creative voice and the great yes and affirming creative power of God that's at the center of this universe, this throbbing, indescribable reality that is at the base of all creation and that we have a part in it, not separated from it. We are a part of that unfolding dream and creation of God. That's the first thing we discover today on Trinity Sunday. The second thing we discover on Trinity Sunday is that we also worship a swirling, whirling, dynamic God who we know as the Son. So on the one hand, we've got the writings and teachings of this marvelous, indescribable, pulsing source of the universe. But you and I need God with flesh on. You and I longed for the wisdom of God for us, given to us in an example that we can understand. One who walks with us, who breathes with us, who senses pain as we do, but also who is absolutely, undeniably, and inseparably yoked and in communion with this creator of the universe and all that is. And we are walking with that example in our everyday lives. Every day. We receive blessings from that relationship every day. And yet we're often so busy, so distracted, and so perturbed that we miss the miracle of creation in all of its mystery, beauty, and even sometimes its naked violence and majesty. But we are able to walk in it and understand it because the person of Jesus the Christ in absolute communion with God, has opened us the way to walk in this life that leads us to fullness and wholeness and meaning and abundance and purpose and joy. And is right there for the asking. And last of all today, if we are going to truly celebrate this Trinity Sunday, the celebration of Christianity's experience of a triune God. Not only do we worship the unimaginable source and creator of the universe, we celebrate the Christ who walks with us, 
who's not just an historical figure or a metaphor, but whose spirit is present among us today, last of all, to understand this whirling, swirling, dynamic, no status quo, no domesticated God, is to understand we also worship this God as Holy Spirit. To wear the indescribable thrum of the great I am at the source of the universe is often beyond our imagination. In Christ, we understand the warmth and we understand the divinity as human who is with us. But in the Holy Spirit, we understand that part of the divinity that actually enters our being and our soul. Do you hear what I'm saying? That enters our being and our soul. So often in contemporary science, we teach a principle of solitude. Now, we acknowledge that we're all like these concentric circles or concentric masses of energy or molecules or organisms and that we bounce off of each other, relate to each other. We even have somewhat of a symbionic linked relationship with each other. And that's what's currently taught. But the reality is that we learn in the person of Christ is that there is an invasion of the spirit of God's love into this world, stopping at nothing short of the transformation of both you and I and the world in which we live. And we are not just these concentric spheres somehow yoked together through the power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit with free will and longing. We are inhabited by God. We are inhabited by the Spirit of God. So I close today by saying the three denominations, ancient, full of great truth and wisdom, are having rock fights over who should dust the chandelier somewhat near the place we think Christ was born. And we sometimes wonder Aren't humans funny? Amen? But for us today, we go forth from this place knowing that we worship a God triune in nature in relation to us who's alive and thriving, who uplifts and is a companion and who inhabits and strengthens. Thus ends the message. Thanks be to God. I send you forth as a people in whom the Lord Jesus Christ continues to walk the face of this good earth. And now may the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you always. Amen. Amen. Amen.
for listening to this podcast of the First United Methodist Church in Turlock, California. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike license. For more information about our church, visit www.fumcturlock.org or call the church at 209-668-3000. Visitors are always welcome. And now, may the peace of the Lord dwell in your hearts this day, and may God bless you.